1: I'm Zadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for Late Night Reds Talk.
2: Hello, everybody. My name is Tim Daniel, and welcome to yet another edition of Late Night Reds Talk Live, the live show and podcast that loves the Cincinnati Reds, part of the Belief podcast, presented as always by Bet Online. The show is live streamed on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, and the podcast version is always up the next morning. I am joined as always tonight by Nick Kirby and Carlos Guevara and Red Superfan Jules. Before we get to get started, let me tell you about Bet Online. Use our promo code Believe fifty. That's B L E A V fifty to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, guys. So, um, a little earlier than expected to do our show tonight because uh, Sandy Acantara is uh, incredible. He's really, really freaking good, and we kind of noticed that tonight. But we do have Miss Red Superfan on herself. Just had her first opportunity to throw the ceremonial first pitch. Jules. Not so cool, Jules, as you known on the social media. Welcome to the show. How you doing?
0: Hey, I'm doing good. I'm really bad at introducing myself, so bear with me. But yeah, how's everybody else doing? Mike Miner didn't lead us to a win, unfortunately, but what else do you expect?
2: Uh, because Mike Miner's the goat. I thought we expect all the greatness.
0: I used to defend that man. I that was freezing cold take by me, and everyone's gonna call me out for it. I'm waiting for it, but I like at the beginning when we got him, I defended him so much and I don't know why. That's my worst take. So I tried.
2: <laughs> if, you, if you're if you in this business, you're keen to have a sport, a really bad take at some point. It's just kind of how it works. You know, that's just how it goes. Um, all right. So obviously with you on, we have a lot of questions uh, that we want to get to. Um, so be ready for the grilling session. And first things first, we've seen quite a bit. You've been on the television with signs like this. So yeah. how did you become the sign girl of Reds of Reds games?
0: Um. So, I mean, it started from this sign. That's what started it all. I got on the screen a bunch in Cleveland that game. It was the first time I actually saw those two play each other in person. I always wanted to. And I finally got to. It rained, like, the first three innings. We did not show up to play. Um... I thought the score. Like I was thinking about it earlier. I thought the score was seven to three, and then I saw that. I was like, no, it was nine to three. I must have just erased that from my head. But yeah, and then I saw I got on TV from that, and it. I was on MLB Network too, like two days later for the signs, and they did a whole segment on it. So it low key went viral, and then I kept doing it for Bowling Green football games, which is like really where it got the attention, because I mean it's MAC football. Of course, I'm going to get on TV. I'm one of the five students there. So with a sign and I did it for Cavs games. I did it for a few Reds games last season, I think like five or six. I didn't really do it that much for them, but I have this season as well. And I actually brought that sign back. I printed like that picture you had out and then just made it a sign. So it was a sign of, you know what I mean? Me holding a sign of a sign. Nice. I love that. It was funny. It was my favorite. Signception. It, yeah, exactly. It was awesome. Bowling Green is amazing. I agree. <laughs> I love BG. Don't Don't, they actually had four wins.
3: <laughs> Don't sell them short, Sydney. Come on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> ones, they beat Minnesota 14 to 10. Don't forget. I feel like every podcast I'm on, I always shout out Bowling Green. Somehow it always happens. And that win specifically, best day of my life. Besides the, oh. first, <laughs> besides the first pitch. Just to clarify.
1: The first pitch, what was it? Did you throw a strike?
0: Yeah, I would say so. My dad did a good job. Uh, I don't like
1: the way that you answered that. You're like, "Eh, yeah.
0: It was a strike. Um, So they told me, I said, do I have to pitch? I'm a very anxious person. And like going out in front of people like that, not my thing, believe it or not, even though I like getting on screen all the time with signs. It's ironic. I don't really know. But so I was nervous and I was like, I just want to get it to the glove because I don't want to end up like 50 cent and become a meme. So like, can I scooch up like, and they're like, yeah, most people do like pitch from the grass. So I had like one foot in the dirt and one foot in the grass. So I got it to the glove. That's all that matters. It was a strike.
1: Awesome. (laughs) Who caught it?
0: My dad did.
1: (laughs) Oh man. What a memory. That's That's awesome.
0: They, I asked, I was like, so do I get to choose who catches it? And they said, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm definitely doing my dad because. He's part of the. He's biggest reason I'm a Reds fan. So, uh we grew up watching games together. The only two people in my family that care this much about the Reds, and I was like, I want to make this special for him too. So that was my. That's
1: favorite. awesome. Is he watching tonight?
0: Um, he probably did not watch tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Dang
1: it! Shout out Jules' dad. Maybe you hear yeah, this. I was like,
0: he, he probably doesn't even know how to do this at all <laughs> <laughs> there's no way he doesn't even know how to like stream reds games because we have hulu we we'll just live.
1: tell him we were talking about him will you
0: all right yeah i'll, I'll give him a shout out i'll text so the tens him of people hey, out there i was talking about you on a podcast and he'll probably be like what's that
3: <laughs> <laughs> i think mark mallory set the bar pretty low for yeah. first pitches so it's it's decent. if you if you outstage mallory you really <laughs> did something you'd have to really try
2: the all-time best part of Mallory is still Eric Davis's reaction because he looks pissed off. <laughs> like that's still the best part of it.
1: I mean, yeah. a quick breakdown. That's that's pretty good form. You have the glove hand up high yeah. by the chest, like you're pulling it in, and you're right here. I mean, that's that's what you want to teach to the youngsters. So exactly. great job, Jules.
0: Not not bad for someone who didn't play baseball, but I played softball and as a pitcher, so I had some bit of an idea. How to
1: yeah, up. but that's the whole <laughs> other direction.
3: Yeah,
0: it's like a whole other. Thing. I was like, Can you, I did, good.
1: you good. did good. You did good. Are there
3: StatCast numbers on this?
2: <laughs> if anyone would know, it'd be you.
3: Yeah. I'll have to, I'll look into it. I'll see if I can okay. find anything. All right, Jules. So you are a self-proclaimed uh, Reds and Guardians fan. So uh, I live in Cleveland. So tell me how this works.
0: Um. So I'm sure it's obvious. I'm a bigger Reds fan. I tweet about the Reds more, and it's weird because they're worse. But – Hey, we won in Cleveland, just saying. <laughs> but um, I started liking the Cavs when I got older. And then I was like, well, not into football at the time, like when I was 15. And then I was like, who am I going to like? For some reason, I decided to go the Cleveland route. And only because they went 0-16 and I thought that was awesome because then I can't expect much from them. And when they win, it's a bigger deal. So I was like, yay, Browns. But then I'm like, I don't I don't know. Like football, yeah. baseball and basketball are like my sports. So then I was like, you know what? I don't hate the Guardians. So it was hard for me to hate them because I love Cleveland, like the city in general. So I was just like, why not like both? Not even in the same league. I mean, they only play each other like four times times five however many times in the year four times like the only time it's ever gonna matter is in the world series and let's be honest it's never gonna happen at least in my lifetime i don't that's never gonna happen they're never i hope not because that's too stressful for me <laughs> they need to
1: happened? have an, an odd number of games though so the uh, the ohio cup can go somewhere instead so just yeah. staying there on a tie that's dumb
0: yeah literally like the ohio cup know, is important
1: yeah. tell them nick
3: yeah it's the biggest deal <laughs> My next question was, <laughs> my next question was actually going to be, like, I don't really feel like there's really any rivalry, like, between Cleveland and I feel like it's very forced when people try to do it. Do you agree? Yeah.
0: Yeah, because when I go to those games, it's just like, you'll see people all the time who are like, oh, like, when I had that sign, people like, oh, same. Like, they liked both. Like, they didn't care. They didn't hate Cincy or they don't, like, Reds don't hate Cleveland. I actually had a, which is weird, for opening day when we played them this past, well, this season. Um, I had a harder time in Cincinnati because I had a Cleveland hat on, but I had this jersey and then the sign and more people gave me, am I allowed to cuss? (laughs) More people gave me shit in Cincinnati than they did in Cleveland when I was wearing the same thing. And I was like, wait, I am one of you guys. Like, I like you more.
2: (laughs) I can attest to that um, because there was a couple of years ago, my buddies and I went out for Halloween and we decided to go to downtown Cincy. And I did the full on wild thing gear. Like had the glasses, had the full jersey, you name it. I I can send you guys pictures of it, don't worry. Um please do. Can't wait. And so like my buddies all went out and they were all dressed as a machine and they were like, Hey man, why don't you come hang out with us? I was like, All right, cool. So like I'm walking around with the big red machine, it's Ricky Vaughn, and everyone's like, Oh, hell yeah, go Reds. They see me and like, fuck the Indians. And I'm like, <laughs> guys, it's a it's a costume. Like, come on. First off, it's Major League. If you don't like that movie, you're you're yeah, wrong.
0: Exactly. It's-
2: right second I was like it's just a costume and third it's Charlie Sheen who plays the character as a diehard Reds fan so I'm actually winning
0: yeah I mean no one really gave me crap in Cleveland but like for football it's it's definitely opposite like when I came down here in my Browns jersey but I had a like go Ohio sign so like Bengals fans were like oh okay like she doesn't hate us like they were so nice Bengals fans were so nice but if I hear anything from like other teams visiting cleveland like their fans they talked about how cleveland fans are just not nice even Bengals fans down in cincinnati when i was talking to them about it they're like yeah like usually like fans away fans here have a decent time but if you go to cleveland as an away fan especially bangles or Steelers or ravens like you're not they're not very nice
1: <laughs> does the sun shine in cleveland not
3: Sometimes.
0: often in the summer,
1: <laughs> like the two months
2: of the summer. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: I actually, I, my wife's family lives up there. Man. So I'll go up for a Cavs game every so often. I, I love going up for Cavs games. I think that arena rules. It's awesome.
0: Yes. It's so loud. Oh my God. This past season was amazing. I know this is baseball, but I love the Cavs.
2: <laughs> I'll never turned down a trip to Mabel's barbecue right there by the arena.
0: Oh, Sign me I, up every time. I have a friend that works there.
2: Can they sponsor us?
3: yes i'm sure a cleveland barbecue <laughs> will sponsor a cincinnati red show then
2: well that's where jules comes in jules can be like look these guys are awesome and
0: yeah, as the like negotiator between the city i mean yeah. tim's the only uh, real one here from like this.
1: cincinnati hometown you're from you're in cleveland nick i'm in san antonio like
0: okay no eh. <laughs> that's <Thoughts> on. <laughs>
3: Jules, you got
1: any thoughts on the famous Sam
3: Weich? Is it Weich? How do you say it? Yeah, that's how you say it. Public address?
0: I don't think so.
2: (laughs)
1: You know what that is? Who that is?
0: Sam Weich is the old Bengals
2: coach. They were playing the Seahawks in 88, and fans were throwing beers onto the field. So he grabbed the PA mic and said, whoever, if you see anyone throwing them, point them out and get them thrown out. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati.
0: Oh, I I kind of remember seeing them like that, that now. but I don't know much about it. Yeah,
2: it was yeah. before any of us were born, so...
0: Yeah, I was like, who's...
2: Excuse me? Carlos, I'm being nice, okay?
0: Somebody <laughs> asked a good question.
2: <laughs> All right,
3: Jules, who's your, who's your least favorite player on the Reds?
0: Well, they're nice. both gone, so... <laughs> I don't know who's watching. I gotta be quiet about that. But anybody I didn't really like too much actually just got traded, so... Not Tyler have a one, right? Eh, Tommy Fam.
1: <laughs> you can say that. We can oh, all on this gonna, podcast. Yeah, everybody everybody gonna. else be nice. Tommy Fam,
2: go ahead, let it eat. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, Tommy Fam. We're gonna stop there. Uh oh, Miss Kirby's Miss Kirby's
2: chiming in, Carlos.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> When paint. I was hanging out with Nick's family, I learned so much about Andrea's love for Cleveland sports, and it made me like her even more. So Good. she's my favorite Kirby in the household now. Sorry, Nick. Yes.
0: Go Cleveland.
1: Nick's like in third, right. battle, maybe fourth place. <laughs> <Man>.
2: <laughs> or Emma and Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: my alarm's going off. My bad. All right. <laughs> well,
2: there was a baseball game tonight it went very quick um we actually started at our normal time when the reds don't have a game on this day that's how quick it went uh so the reds do lose three nothing to miami they do win the series they win the season series as well um and the first time they've been shut out since june 10th they do have their four game win streak snapped annie sabo does not have to go through those things again if they win five in a row um so that's good news for her um but i think the story here is obviously uh Sandy Alcantara, who is freaking awesome, I've seen him pitch like two or three times on TV, but like watching him pitch against my team, where like really paying attention, is really impressive. Um, you know, obviously Joey does go two for three, so that's a plus. He does try to leg out a double, which I actually thought he had a shot at at first, and then he got beat to the bag by. And a then foot. he
1: rounded first, and he was out.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah <at> first <laughs> I like saw it, I was like, oh, okay, he might have a shot, and then JJ Bladé was like, buddy, I have an arm. I was like, oh, touche, you do. Um, but Jules, get your thoughts on what you might have seen from this game, where this team might be at now at forty two and sixty-two. Um, uh, still play pretty decent ball since that three and twenty two start. And oh hey, by the way, we're about the Pittsburgh Pirates.
0: Yay! Sorry. I hate Pittsburgh. I hate Me Pittsburgh. too!
2: Oh so my much. god! She's a regular now. All right, Jules stays.
0: Yay. <laughs> I have so much hate for Pittsburgh so honestly even if I don't even care about this season at this point as long as we're above Pittsburgh um, I don't have much to say about this game <sighs> not much happened it was a shutout um, out Joey Votto he's two for three um,
1: <sighs> how did Barrero look today I saw his first AB when he struck out. Well, but the rest look, of them looked about like everyone else.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sandy Alcantara, I don't really. How about
1: yeah, that? Was, like you struggle in AAA?
0: Someone who could possibly win the Cy Young. So,
2: how do the Marlins yeah. only have? I mean, with the, with him and Jorge Lopez. Yeah, that's like they can't get two wins a week.
0: It's kind of bad. Well,
2: sometimes you give up two
1: runs and you still lose. So
2: that's true. Yeah, that's very it's, true. Uh, especially for them. It,
1: that guy, I mean, Alcantara, I've seen him pitch several times, and he's he's nasty. He's so big and lanky, and he throws so hard, and it's even harder because he's closer to the plate than most pitchers are, kind of like Hunter Green is. There's a lot of comparisons there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their, their windup is the same. Their delivery is pretty much the same. They throw from the same arm angle. Um, it's the only thing... <laughs> that bothered me tonight that I saw I turned on the game late and I heard, you know, Cowboy talking about pitching the contact. I've heard other people talk about pitching the contact. Pitching the contact is okay. Whenever you're just a dude, these guys aren't just dudes. This is like a Cy Young award winner. And he's not like throwing the ball and saying, Hey, I hope they put this in play. I hope they put this in play. They want them to miss the ball every single time. Like, grand mass he wants them to miss the ball every single time he's not hoping they put the ball in play not one pitcher who throws a baseball is hoping that the ball gets put in play so pitching to to contact that's a very sensitive term and i'm not a big fan of it because no pitcher ever wants to have a ball put in play but what they're trying to say is throw strikes throw strikes throw strikes and that's the most important thing. You throw strikes, you throw, throw strikes and you are throwing 98, 99, hundred miles an hour. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of ground balls. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of easier outs. And it's just pitching to contact. That phrase bothers me so much. It's more about just throwing strikes with your good stuff and trusting it and letting the results happen. Rant over. Thanks I like coming to my Ted talk.
2: Agreed. I enjoy your Ted talks, Carlos. So this is, I was grateful for that. Um, also, easy, Sydney Price, easy. Worth pointing out. Yeah. <laughs> worth, worth pointing out. Um, thank God that the St. Louis Cardinals traded Alcantara, because and Zach Gallen. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, this would not be a fun division with having those guys on their in the rotation.
1: It's not fun right now, Tim.
2: I'm, you know, angels in the outfield, Carlos. I got you, buddy. I got you. That's next, next, next clip. Of oh, the next of game is on Apple TV.
3: Yeah, dog. Reds have a, a whole slew of games that we'll get to at the end of the show that uh, are on national TV in the next week. Like Teaser. half the game, half the games are on national TV. You'll have to stay tuned to see.
1: <laughs> Always yeah. be promoting. My
2: buddy old Clay says. Absolutely. All right. So kind of real quick, um, you know, we, you, Jules, you already said that as long as they finished about the Pirates, you're happy, which I'm um, right there with you. That could be our podcast. Um, Tim and Jules hate Pittsburgh. So yes. can that be our, It's <laughs> a spinoff. I'll say producer Nick, can that be our sideshow? <laughs> yeah. And let's do it. so, what are you kind of looking forward to slash ex- expecting remainder of the season from this team? You know, obviously, you know, I still believe that they have a chance to not lose 100 games even with the trades, but, you know, they're only 38 away, so.
0: <laughs> um, <sighs> Well, I think one positive thing about this season is that tickets are relatively cheaper. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I really like. I've been to 35 games <laughs> compared to, like, the five I usually go to. But granted, I just moved here. Um, ooh, this is intimidating looking at just myself, but
1: um, I don't like it either.
0: Yeah. I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited to see what we can do. Hopefully get some of the younger players up in Louisville. Like not, Aquino's not younger, but I like seeing Barrero obviously not against somebody as good as Sandy. <laughs> Preferably, I don't think we should judge him on that. And before anybody says I'm not anti him at shortstop or anything, just because I love Kyle Farmer but um no I like seeing Kyle Farmer play <laughs> I, like both. I Farmer. hope both teams have fun also shout out Kyle Farmer for liking my tweet and then unliking it kind of rude
1: <laughs> which one what was the tweet what did he say so,
0: okay so somebody brought up a good point low-key so I tweeted let me find the screenshot because yeah I did I tweeted defending Kyle Farmer is a full-time job for me and this man doesn't even know I exist he liked it and then I posted the screenshot and the screenshot of me flipping out got like 500 likes only for him to unlike it. (laughs) I love Kyle Farmer so Kyle if you ever see this I'm sorry for whatever I did. I'm, like, oh, I'm not gonna sleep tonight. I'm like Kyle Farmer hates me. This is the beginning of my villain origin story. Everything is downhill.
2: it's your heel turn, yeah. This is your heel turn.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. I don't hope anybody has fun anymore, <laughs> especially <laughs> Kyle Farmer. Oh
2: no. <laughs> oh no. Well, well, Nick, did you want to touch on anything before we get out of here with the, with Jules? Uh, What
3: was your thoughts kind of on uh, what the Reds did here at the trade deadline?
0: I'm excited. I mean, like, yeah, it'd be nice to, like, get something in return now. But I'm glad we're finally just rebuilding and not, like, half ass rebuilding. But, like, we're going to just implode and just get rid of all the start Everybody and getting prospects. So, in two to three years, which I think, I don't think we're going to be that bad next year. I think we're going to be, like, middle of the pack better than this year which doesn't take much but i think in two to three years we're gonna be pretty good (laughs) respect i i don't think it's gonna take as long as what people say i'm not saying like a world series win i'm just saying making the playoffs at least by 24 25 not next year it's not happening
2: (laughs) never say never never say never the Bengals were projected to win six games, went to the Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is true. The Cavs the were it? predicted to be good this past season. And they're like, why they are we all these tall guys? They're calling us the Cleveland Trees. Hey, they did way better than what everybody thought they would. So I don't think we should count the Reds out. I you speak. won't
2: find anyone who loves Evan Mobley as much as I do. Trust me.
0: I love. It. You won't find anybody who loves Kevin Love as much as I do.
2: That's probably fair. Yeah, that's
3: probably extremely accurate. Uh Jules, uh, before we get you out of here, last question for you. Uh, good question here. I wanted to get your thoughts. Did you have a favorite prospect that the Reds got back? Anyone in particular that you're looking forward to?
0: Um, I don't know. I have my little notes here because <laughs> we got a lot of people.
3: Sorry to put you on the spot. But
0: probably... Spencer Steer, did I say that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hope I said that right. I don't want to butcher anybody's name, but I'm pretty excited for him. I've heard good things about him. I'm
3: just sent to a lot of
0: young guys. Like
3: just sent to Louisville, so he'll be here pretty quick.
0: Yeah, I was like, I'm excited for him mainly because I know he's gonna be here pretty quickly. Um, did anybody else get sent to Louisville, or is everybody in like Tennessee, Dayton, or Daytona? I think. Who I think I think
3: he's the only one in Louisville. I think everyone okay. else. Is I was like, I
0: think he's the only one, but I didn't know like who all. Actually, I don't know where anybody is. <laughs>
3: Christian and Carnacion. I to look and look to ages and like together. Oh, look up <laughs> their That Chattanooga lineup is uh, pretty
2: yeah, they're insane. fun. Yeah, they're pretty fun. Well, Jules, this was so cool. Thank you for taking about half hour to hang out with us today.
0: Yeah, thanks for um, having me.
2: Before we get you out of here, I know everyone already knows where to find you, but for those who don't. <laughs> Shout out to socials so people can interact with the red sign girl.
0: Yes. The best. The best sign girl. The only one, too. (laughs) (laughs) So it doesn't take much. All
3: right. Well, thanks, Jules. Thanks for coming on.
2: Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Our trade deadline recap here. uh, We've talked about this. I know we had two past back-to-back shows about this, but overall, I mean, between the Seattle – uh, Minnesota and San Diego trades. I think they did a really good job. I think that they really kind of put a lot together. Um, they really rebuilt that gap between the low levels of the minor leagues and the major league roster in and of itself. Um, you know, I talked a part of it yesterday about being pretty excited about Christian and Carnacion strand. And now he's in double a Chattanooga with LED De La Cruz. So I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of bombs there uh, throughout the rest of the year. Uh, really, really like what I've seen from Victor Acosta. I really like his swing um was it was a reds fan brandon on base machine also it was i think uh posted some videos yesterday of his swing and i saw him it's pretty impressed with how quick it is um so really really excited and then you see the pipeline kind of the reds really kind of rebuilding the system like i mentioned um you know seven of the guys that they got in trades are now already in their top 30 um including noelvi Marte taking the number one spot and Arroyo and Spencer Steer going into the top 10. Um, but over Jace, Jay Allen and Chase Petty and Reese Hines, guys that we've talked about being pretty excited about already for through through a while now. Uh, so what are you guys kind of overall big picture, not just our instant reactions having a couple of days to think about each move? What are you guys taking away?
3: I, mean, I just think that the, the system is in such a good place right now. I mean, that's not even including all the guys that they got in March as well. So I mean, look, half the prospect list is is new guys have been brought in. Uh, you know, I mean, look, we're, we're definitely, you know, set up for some, some rough days here, end of the year, probably, you know, some, some rough days next year. Uh, but I think the the Reds are set up much better than I can remember for a long time, at least to have a chance to have a, uh, a team that is, that is good for a while. And, uh, you know when they do lose players, you know, like when they when they trade a a, a Jesse Winker or whatever, um, it, it doesn't tank their season. Like I hope the Reds can get to a spot here where they can trade a Josh Hader when they're in first place, and and it's and still be able to you know sustain that. And I think that's kind of what they're 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 doing here.
1: Yeah, I I agree with Nick. They're they're doing they're they've done step one, step one of probably eight to 10 steps they need to take to get in the right direction. So well done Nick crawl um, for the, from what I can see on Twitter, it's the really only social media app I have people are, are saying good job, Nick crawl. Even the guys that totally bashed him and were against him like 30 minutes ago. Um, it's hard to say he didn't do a good job on getting uh, returns from, for what he gave up. So, I mean, I'm excited. I'm hopeful for it. I mean, I'm even next year because these guys might don't just because their prospects doesn't mean they're going to stay with the Reds. They can be dealt this winter for somebody who's you know can make a difference in the team next year right away. If they just they're going to have a lot of money to spend, so I mean, odds are they're probably going to wait till at least twenty four to do it. But who knows? It's I think it was a pretty good week for the Reds.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you can look say whatever you want about the direction the Reds went in. They went in this direction. And once you're here, as, as as, you know, we've, we've seen some comments already. Once you're here, you gotta, you gotta commit to it. And, um, Hey, they didn't add Mike Moustakis, contract to anyone. They, they went for it at, at the deadline. Uh, the moves that were made were about as good of returns as I think anyone could have asked probably better than anyone could have asked for. Uh, so, Hey, we're here. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm excited for the future here. I, I did want to ask each of you guys because we did get a question earlier. Um, I mean, let- let's probably not do the number one prospect. <laughs> uh, but who's your favorite player that the the Reds uh,
2: the Reds got back? Um, I think I've talked about it already quite a few bit in the last few days. It's uh, Encarnacion Strand. Stole- uh, I just, you know, the power is really impressive. The home run hitting ability. Also, the fact that he consistently gets on base, he doesn't have he doesn't walk as high, but it also seems like he makes enough contact where the walk rate is not where I'm super worried about him, um, but this is pretty, yeah, he seems like he's going to be a really fun player, so I am excited to see if slash what he does in the red system. I'll take Levi. I I'll take
1: have Levi. no idea. Yeah. I'm taking Levi. I want to say Spencer Steer. He was the one who was in the Futures game, right? I'm going Spencer Steer.
0: Yeah, going to be. I've
1: yet to see a single video of him, but come on, Spence.
2: He might be on the major league roster like September call ups.
3: He's probably an injury injury away from. Yeah.
2: Getting a call up. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, so we'll go to our trade deadline predictions that really we got go. very controversial. Here we. Go got yeah, very controversial.
1: Um, Nick can't even hold a straight face because he knows he's a cheating mother. <laughs> I mean, just
3: because like you guys I had a per- willing I, to I risk mean, I had a
1: clean slate, I had a clean slate. That's all I can say. Except
3: for missing on two people that got traded. I mean, you guess. didn't even predict Tommy Pham would get traded, and you want to act like you're the champion? Come on now.
1: Are you going to do promo right on? now? What's that? You <laughs> didn't it? even have Tommy Fam. I didn't. He's the only one
3: I missed. You missed Tyler Malley. Come on, man. <laughs> you had Kyle Farmer.
2: He did not get traded.
1: Yeah. Why would you think Kyle Farmer was getting traded? What a dumb pick. Oh my God. That's the heart and soul of the team. He's the captain. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you even Reds, bro? <laughs> Redster baseman Kyle Farmer. What am I <laughs> what am I doing? This this year. This trade deadline little game does not count. This was an exhibition year. This was <laughs> bullshit. See a lot. Mrs. Kirby, give me the thumbs up if you agree. I know you're listening. I know you agree.
2: <laughs> I don't know if Nick or Carlos muted Carlos there, but. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, let's talk about this. baby. Nick Lodolo, Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft. Impressive as hell these last, these last couple starts. Uh, seeing them kind of rack up innings. Graham Ashcraft has now had, what, two games where he's gone over eight innings? Eight or more? So that's pretty awesome his rookie year. Um, it seems like, Carlos, he really pitches to contact because he's only had three strikeouts.
1: He definitely does. That's because he doesn't have stuff that's good enough to have the swing and miss.
0: Which hopefully he
1: can develop, which we'll get into later on with a question that we have in yeah, our buddy Jace.
0: In
3: his defense, he's not walking anyone. And, you know, yeah. if you're not walking anyone, your margin for error with, with, with missing bats and strikeouts is, is a lot higher. He has a really impressive walker. I think it's like 2.10. For a rookie, that's that's ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't be more impressed with, with him and how – it seems like every night he's like got 65 pitches into the seventh inning. It's like you just you don't see that kind of stuff from a rookie. He just he throws strikes, he pumps them in. He's he's not afraid, and he's not giving up a ton of home runs either. So Yeah, he manages yeah. people.
1: He definitely bought into the um, fact that with pitching coach and other pitchers and other coaches, my early coach is saying, trust in what got you there. You're going to be fine just throw strikes and and that's what he's doing because that's one of the toughest things i'm not comparing myself to graham Ashcraft, but i struggled with that i didn't walk anybody in the minor leagues and i got to the big leagues and i was like oh shit!" never in my life have i ever worried about somebody getting hits off of me or whatever but for some reason i screwed myself and i started to pinch and that's a real thing that happens with a lot of people but graham did a great job of trusting his stuff and trusting people around him saying, throw strikes. Your stuff is good enough to get major league hitters out. Go out there and do it. And that's what he's doing. Because Lord knows he doesn't know which way the ball's going. He doesn't know if it's going to cut two inches or six. Or if it's going to sink one or four. Like, it's all over the place. But it's all within the strike zone is what it appears to a hitter. And that's the only thing that counts. Or it matters, I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, we we saw with Nick Lodolo, who was a guy that never walked anyone, came up and, and and struggled to throw strikes, and he's been really m- much better with that lately. But yeah, I mean, no one believes in Graham Ashcraft more than Graham Ashcraft, and that's fun to watch. It is fun to watch a dude that that, that comes out and he he believes in his stuff and he he trusts it, and yeah, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna beat himself, and I think that's pretty cool. But yeah. we do gotta, we do got to talk about the other two guys. I mean, look look at those numbers if you're watching. Like I. Yeah. I made this graphic and I had to like double check it like eight times. Like I'm missing something, right? Like that's
2: just unbelievable. Well, no, I wanted, no home runs in who they four starts. Against? The Marlins. What, that's what I was going to actually ask, and not in the you know disrespectful way, but kind of get Carlos's thought. Um, are you more kind of impressed with Green because yeah, he did face the Marlins six in a row. But the fact that the things that he didn't like, you know, where he kind of nitpicked in the first game, it co- caused him to lose that one inning. He didn't have any of that. So the fact that he made those adjustments the second time around, was able to get those guys out and even be better than the first time when he was really good. Is that kind of something that really like impresses you a little more?
1: Um, No, because just in watching the game, it, it's, it was more of him just being him. Like, you know, whenever he struggled, he got outside of his, his normal his norm and he got dialed back in and he's too good of a pitcher for a lineup like Miami um so I don't know we'll see I I pay more attention to these outings whenever they're playing like the Cardinals or the Brewers maybe not the Brewers but other teams that can hit like that's what I really want to see because he's you know facing lineups like what the Marlins have right now that's not to be too disrespectful, but that's a little bit better than a Triple A team. He dominated, you know. Like that's what we expect from somebody who's going to be a phenom. So we'll see what he does when he when he pitches against you know a little bit better teams here coming along when we face the the Brewers and and the Cardinals more here in the second half. Um, but it's, it's still exciting. He's like Nick has said a hundred times. He's young. He's at a position that most people have never been in in their lives at this age. So. It's encouraging. There's a lot to to be to be uh, hopeful for.
2: I guess I'll sort of play devil's advocate in the sense that I did kind of see like, yeah, I, I understand it's the Marlins, and I understand you know they're not, you know, Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton aren't on that team by any means. Um, but you know to see like he kind of went out there and he was like, all right, I pitched really well the first time, but this is where I kind of got like lost, like lost the game for a minute, and then you know, goes out to their place uh, the week later, makes the adjustments necessary to get them out and pitches really well. So I totally get where you're coming from and I don't disagree with you by any means, but I do think it's kind of, you know, exciting in the sense of seeing like the development and growth of like, all right, this is where they got me last time. I got, I got, I'll figure it out this time. It is yeah. that's a
1: good point. That, that's a good point. He, he does do that. um, And that shows great maturity and, you know, people around him can see that and feed off of that. So that that is, that's, that's a really good sign that he can do that. Um, And you got to, that's, that's how you make your money. You make your money by putting up performances against teams that you should dominate. You don't make your money pitching against the Yankees. You don't make your money pitching against, you know, the Padres. Now like you got to beat the guys who you're supposed to beat and that you're supposed to be better than that's how you make your money. And that's how you become great is you, if you beat the guys that you're supposed to beat. Then how come Garrett
2: goal. Cole makes a lot of money because he can't beat the Reds? Well, man,
1: <laughs> he's not. He hasn't done too well in in big moment games. I didn't realize he was. He as bad looked as terrible
2: he was. today. Oh my god, he was terrible but today.
1: I saw his playoff numbers. I was like, holy cow, that was not what I was expecting to see. Whatever. I'm not talking about Garrett Cole.
3: More to the you know Hunter Green. He he also remember earlier in the year you know got absolutely just. Annihilated by the Brewers and then came back yeah. Next next start against them and, and, and Made the adjustments and pitched well so Yeah I definitely think we're seeing that I, We need a really good question I wanted to get uh, to Carlos on I was wondering what Carlos Thinks of Ashcraft working exclusively Out
1: of the stretch this is from we are Penn State Reds Um That's something that started to happen Like whenever I was in college People first started to do that like Starters Um And if you break down the mechanics of a windup, you know, that's what people, you know, come to you, you turn to the side of your nobody on base, you turn your shoulders, you do all this other stuff. None of that stuff matters. That's just a rhythm to get you to the position to where you're upright. Your, your left leg as a right-handed pitcher, your left leg is up. You're separating from the glove. That's all the same point. So you can come from the stretch to do that. Whatever makes you feel better to throw, it's not going to make him throw any, you know, any less harder. So it's whatever the comfort level is for them. That's what works best. They seem to have more control. You know, it's all, or most of it is mental. Uh, Just whatever you can do to repeat your delivery all for it. Cool.
2: So this came up today and I know it's made a lot of people happy. Uh, Charlie Goldsmith, friend of the program uh, tweeted out with permission that David Bell said Jose Barrera is going to play quite a bit of short going forward and Kyle Farmer will likely get the bulk of his time at third base, which answered the question I had yesterday of now that Brandon Drury's gone, who's playing third most days. Um, so obviously it's the farm dog. Um, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday, so I don't know how much we have to really deep dive into it, but this is the right choice of where the team's at, where he is. Uh, I know he didn't look too good at the plate today, but you know, like we said, he kind of went against the Cy Young candidate. So, um, I think this is the right move. I'm excited to see him kind of get majority at-bats and kind of get every day at-bats. But Excuse it also- me,
1: Juan Soto's coming up to bat. You guys got it for the next two minutes.
2: Okay, that's fine. Um, But also, this is hilarious because all last year we consistently had this conversation. Now that conversation of 12 months of his fight means nothing. Just tell me when Brandon Drury's coming up. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, hey,
3: we're going to have a heck of a infield defense on the uh, left side. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. Uh, I think Farmer could be a really, really um, good defensive third baseman. So that'll be cool. I don't know if Farmer's got the bat to stick at third base, but this year, you know, hey, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, he, he deserves some playing time. And uh, uh, But, yeah, I mean, look, it doesn't really matter what you think about Jose Barrero and, and his potential. Um, um I'm still optimistic about him, but Me too. Reds have to see what they got with him. They have to see what they got, uh, and, and they can't really wait around too long because they've got sixty-seven thousand other shortstops, you know, that are probably going to be, you know, Matt McClain. I, I know uh, Sean. He Pender homer said, tonight. He did homer tonight. You know, uh, uh, Pender said in an interview a couple days ago that that they're pushing him, um, and and. The way he worded it made me think that Matt McClain's got a really good chance to maybe make the opening day roster next year. It was kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but definitely I think he's in the plans to be on the big league team at some point next year if if he, you know, uh, continues to progress. So, uh, yeah, this is the time for Barrero, and I think he'll have every opportunity because I think that of the crop of shortstops, uh all the way out until like Arroyo, which is you know probably like a 2025 ETA. Brero probably profiles as the best defensive shortstop. So if he hits, it'll be his position, and they'll probably move move other guys around him. But he's got to hit. So um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully he takes it and runs with it and forces guys into other positions. Because if, if he's forcing guys into other positions, Reds are going to be filling a really really good defensive team
2: yeah yeah I totally agree and I think that's gonna be something that really kind of goes a long way for them um I still stand by for the future Jonathan India to third base hashtag
3: I think I'd like India more in like left field or first base to be honest
1: he does not have a first base he's 20. tiny
2: he's, he's like six he's foot. like a half inch shorter than Joey
1: no way you're crazy. He, and he's got the hair to to give him some. Yeah, extra he's got length. the lettuce. He's no, first base, stop that. Oh. I
2: don't know. I'm
3: yeah. I'm, a, I'm a pretty optimistic guy, but I don't I, I don't think Jonathan D is a good defensive second baseman or third baseman. I just I've seen I feel like I've seen him. I don't
1: think his arm is strong enough to play in the outfield. I don't think he can cover enough ground to be an outfield, and he doesn't hit for enough power to be a corner outfielder,
2: unless he bulks up.
1: Like I think third base is probably his best.
2: Who? Deion Sanders played left field. He didn't have power. He wasn't
1: a very good baseball player.
2: (laughs) I mean, India had twenty-one home runs last year. He's got seven in basically a shortened season so far. Okay. Twenty-eight home runs in two hundred games. It's not. Terrible.
1: Terrible. Yeah. No, that's not. You're right. (laughs) But he doesn't have a good enough arm and he cannot cover enough ground. He would be a defensive liability, more of a defensive liability, I think, in one of those corner positions than he would be at third base or second base. I think one of these more athletic shortstops would project to be better in the outfield than what India would be.
2: I can see that. Whatever. Yeah, no, I don't think it's a bad opinion whatsoever, but it's like Nick said, like if they get in a situation with all these guys where it's like they are able to play multiple positions, then maybe the Reds have a really good defensive future, which I don't know, like what the 2012 team was really good defensively, but I don't remember like one since then that really just blew me away defensively by any means.
3: Yeah, I, mean, I think they have one year where like Cozart and Hamilton were both really good, and I, mean, I think they pretty much like all the defensive runs saved just between the two of them but yeah i mean that that's definitely been an issue for the reds for uh for the last decade plus so i'm i'm really glad to see them address it and i mean look you can also be creative with india you know you don't have to say you know hey he, we, we move him to third base but maybe he plays third base you know 60 games and he dhs the other games you know so like, you don't have to stay I, I, you don't have to pencil him into one position. I, I don't think the Reds are going to be penciling. Guys. I think the Reds are trying to get away from penciling guys into one position, uh, which I think is the way to go.
2: More so, more Cronenworths. You mentioned uh, Billy. Did you hear what Cowboy said about him tonight during the game when he tried to lay down that bunt? I no did not. <laughs> so he like tries to like it's like the seventh inning I think he tries to like lay out a bunt single and he's out by a mile, like just bunts it right at the pitcher um, I can't remember who was on the mound at the time, and cowboy goes, yeah he uh he tried to do that all the time when he was here, he just never really could get it down.
1: That's amazing how like how he can't bunt well. <laughs>
2: That was like my go-to move in MLB The Show with Billy Hamilton. I just always like was like, he's got a 99 speed? Okay. Speaking of Cowboy, I have got a video clip, and I wanted to get Carlos's opinion on it. You look at the guys that the Reds are getting back, not only in this trade, but all of the trades. I think it builds up the competition throughout your minor league system. Think about this. Ellie De La Cruz is no longer the number one prospect in our organization. I guarantee you he takes that personally.
3: Chris, what, what's your thoughts on that about, you know, all these guys that the Reds are getting and, you know, maybe it, it pushing guys like like David Cruz and McClain uh, with the added competition?
1: Competition is always there in the minor leagues um, because even within your own team, you want to win a game, but you've got guys that are trying to take your position. They want to be in the big leagues before you are. Um, the guys below you. There's always competition, and you know he, he makes a good point to where there might be a little bit more, but these guys aren't being driven by who's the number one prospect, who's the second prospect. For him to throw that much of a guarantee on that, I don't agree with that, um, not even in the slightest, because Ellie Dela Cruz has bigger dreams than who's who's the number one prospect. he's his his sights are set for the major leagues he he could care less who's number one number two number three he's just trying to be the best hitter that he can be best player that he can be and get there as fast as he can get there and everything else will sort itself out it's these um the prospect things you hear them a lot during the minor leagues and they chat about it but there's 37 different prospect lists like who's making these lists i've said that a hundred times like whatever it doesn't mean
2: like mock drafts.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, you do fantasy football, ESPN, CBS, Yahoo. There's different list. Different guys are number from three to number 10. They're all different. So it's just a made up list that people want to go by. And I I don't think there's, there's much to that at all.
2: Yeah. Speaking of don't draft Christian McCaffrey, learn your lesson after two years. I'm taking him number one. Uh yeah, I I thought that was, I think Carlos picks really good points there. All
3: right, another
2: video. Want to get Carlos's reaction to this?
3: Donovan
1: Solano was a name that you know, nationally was was written about as a possible trade piece.
0: Was there interest there? Did you
2: think about dealing him?
0: We had interest in other
2: players on our in, on our team, mm-hmm. um, but like I said before, just because we kept a player here instead of trading them for for a, a, a prospect we have them here for a reason donovan solano is a really talented player but he's also a very good player with the younger players that the, the very good in the clubhouse mike minor um you know guys like that that we hey people call and, and they have interest but We do feel this player can help other players develop, and that's also a part of this equation. We need players that can continue to help our impact players uh, or impact younger players grow, and we need to be able to put good veteran presences around them on the field.
3: So, Carlos, what did you think about that with... uh, (laughs) um...
1: You know what that means, right, Nick? No. This is the bull. This is the shit. (laughs) No chance. He's just he's just saying that because they kept him. They couldn't move him. Solano, if he would have played all year, he would have probably brought more back than what Brandon Jury brought, or equal to, because that man can mash. He can hit. If he would have been healthy, they would have moved him. Holy cow! The Padres just hit a homer, grand slam. Brandon Jury, let's go. Was it
2: Jury? Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> Anyway, It'll be so good when he comes back to the Reds in July. Yeah, like in January.
1: Don't try to throw Mike Minor being uh, <laughs> a leader in the clubhouse for these guys to look up to. No, stop it. They just they didn't play well enough. They weren't healthy enough for them to move. That's the whole idea of bringing them bringing them in. I mean, how much older is Solano than the rest of these guys? How much more experience does he have than the rest of these guys? He's thirty four. Like, but how much big league experience? To 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 the rest of the infield, like six hundred thirty eight games. Like that's that's who he's going up. Like, is he going to teach Jonathan India something? I don't think so. Is he going to keep teach Kyle Kyle Farm or something? I don't think so. Is he going to teach Joey Votto something? I don't think so. Like, who who is he going to mentor? Me. I, I think that. I mean, that was just. He did a good job of like you know we were wanting crawl to speak better in front of in front of the camera from the <laughs> microphone. He did a good job there, but I'm here to tell you that's bullshit. <laughs> you, you don't think there's any value to
3: having you know nope. any veterans?
1: Well, v- veterans, yes, but like he's not considered a a veteran that you're going to go over there and hey, teach me your ways. Let me know how you did. How you're so successful.
2: He's more of a journeyman. Yeah, like the who's the catcher they got from St. Louis yesterday for nothing? Austin yeah, Robine. Like... Yeah, Austin Robine. Thank you. I can I kept th- wanting to say Andrew Kistner, but I knew it wasn't Andrew Kistner.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, They can learn a couple of things, maybe from from Mike Miner. But Mike Miner has never had the tools that those top three guys have had. So. They can't relate to that. You know, it's a totally different um, pitching sequence, pitching, like, I don't know, like, even, like, preparing to pitch. Like, these guys throw 15 miles an hour harder than Mike Miner does. <laughs> does. It's It's not the same.
2: That's valid. That's very valid. All right. So... We did get this question from friend of the program, Jace, LED LaCruz hype train conductor, or on Twitter as officially Jace, also one of my wrestling talking buddies. So big fan of Jace on the on the socials. Uh, he asked Carlos, uh, what types of third or fourth pitches do you want to see Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, and Graham Ashcraft begin to work on and add to their repertoire? Which do you think would be the most effective for them?
1: Um, I'll start with Hunter Green. I think... His changeup, he needs to throw it often, very, very often, because you know you can try to maybe work on it during the bullpens, which you're not throwing 100. percent So that's a big difference. Um, in the off season, there's not a there's not a batter in there, so it's it's so much it's so much different to throw and practice in a bullpen than it is in a game. Like intensities are unmatched and you learn how your pitch does based on how a hitter swings at it. You know, you have a game plan going up against a pitch again, against a hitter. You're like, okay, first pitch slider. He's usually going to stay away from it. So I'm going to throw first pitch slider for a strike. Um, Change ups. He usually spits on them. But if you throw one and he swings at it and he misses it by, you know, a barrel or two, then, you know, Hey, I'm going to throw another one. I'm going to throw that scouting report out the window and I'm going to double up on it right here because of that swing that he took. Maybe this was a good one. Let me repeat that same delivery and that same release point. You don't get that whenever you're throwing a bullpen, you might think it's a bad pitch, but in reality, it's right after following your fastball at that same location, it works really well against a right-handed hitter and you, and you can't find that whenever you're just throwing to the, to the bullpen catcher, to a net or anything like that. So I think I really hope that he starts to throw that a lot more. I don't care about the results. Nobody cares about the results right now. I think we can all agree on that. You know, we'd like for him to have a 2.2 ERA and whatever the hell, but if he finishes with a six or with a five and you know, he's giving up, three run jacks because he's experimenting with, with pitches. That's not going to bother me. I don't care. Um, Nick Lodolo. I mean, I think that guy's, he's pretty polished. He he just needs to tighten up on some things there and, and late in games and focus a little bit more, maybe add a, you know, a little bit more of a cutter to his natural fastball. That would be nice, especially coming from a left-hander. Um, super effective on right-handed hitters. And then Ashcraft, I mean, as well as he's pitched, I think he probably has the longest way to go out of the three because he cannot hit a spot with a fastball. He cannot. Like, if you notice, these guys aren't setting up on the corners. They're setting up on thirds. And, you know, when they call a sinker, they don't know if it's going to sink two inches or two feet. He doesn't know that. And it and, and it's tough. Maybe he just... I don't know. When you throw that hard that quick, it's just the smallest of adjustments for the ball to move that much. And also, these balls are are not the same. You know, um I was lucky enough whenever whenever I went up there to Cincinnati to have a conversation with some folks and and these balls are all they're all different. So that makes it really difficult on a pitcher to to repeat the delivery, re- repeat the release point, um, have the same conviction. So Ashcraft, I I would like for his fastball to become elite-like. If you want to throw an up-and-away fastball, have conviction and knowing that you're going to throw an up-and-away fastball. If you want to run a cutter in on a left-handed hitter, know that that's what's going to happen. Not possibly it's going to sink and go on the outside corner because that's how you're going to get guys to swing and miss. Um, I think he's getting away with it right now. Um, but people are going to start to figure that out because 98, it's, it's not 98 is the new 92. Like these guys, everybody throws 98 hitters. Hitters are, are ready for it. Um, but overall, I mean, these rookies, I, I think they've matched everybody's expectations. What we thought this year, um, They've, nobody has done super well. Nobody's going to win a Cy Young or anything like that, but they've had flashes of brilliance. They've struggled. They're going to probably continue to go up and down, up and down. And that's fine. This is what this, this year's for, but, you know, to go back to to keep it simple to answer Chase's question, I'm sorry I went on and on and on, but I'd say change it for Hunter, cutter for Nick and location for Graham for that fastball because I don't think he's a strikeout pitcher because he doesn't even have a I don't think he has a good enough second pitch you know to get the swing and misses.
2: All right, so upcoming schedule as Nick mentioned, uh, the Reds are going to be on national TV quite a bit coming up. Um, so they are off tomorrow, but Friday they start the three game set in Milwaukee, and Friday they're on Apple TV Plus. Robert Duggar potentially getting the start after getting the International League Pitcher of the Week last week against Eric Lauer. Uh, Nick LaDolo pitching Saturday on Fox against Aaron Ashby, and then Sunday on your regular ballet Sports programming with our good friend John Sadak. You get Hunter Green going against Corbin Burns uh, in a place. Hunter Green, like we mentioned earlier, really turned it around after having a rough start in Milwaukee earlier in the season. Uh, then next week they go on Monday. They go to New York to face the Mets. You've got Graham Ashcraft on Monday against Chris Bassett Tuesday. You've got Mike minor against cookie, Carlos Carrasco. Um, both those are on Bally. And then Wednesday, maybe Robert Ducker again against Taiwan Walker. That'll be on Bally and it will be a network. And then of course, next Thursday is the field of dreams game against the Cubs. And right now it looks like that's Nick Lodolo's turn in the rotation. So next week, I cannot wait before that day to have a show with you guys. When we talk about baseball movies, because I got to get your thoughts on elite baseball films. And I have a hot take on Field of Dreams.
3: Nothing beats Fever Pitch.
2: Oh my gosh. Moneyball? Moneyball is the elite of the elite. Fever Pitch is the best. Not even close. Major
1: League is number one for me.
2: Nice. Yeah. But hey, everyone wants to see the Reds on national television. You're going to get that quite a bit next week. So I kind of like the Apple TV Plus games. I'm a fan of them.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited that the, get another game on Apple TV plus I think they their broadcast has been really cool and yeah it's just it's nice to you know see the Reds hear some different perspectives on on you know teams of hear different stories and things like that so it'll be cool how are you saying State about Dunn
1: when is he coming up
3: uh, that was, I was yeah my next point I actually watched a little bit of Justin Dunn today Uh finally bit the bullet and got some uh, MILB TV at least for a month uh, he did not look great today, so um, <laughs> I, I think Duggar's probably going to get a shot. Mark Sheldon reported earlier today that that he thinks Dugger's is the guy, and Dugger's been pitching well in uh AAA, and you know looked okay when he was up here. So I, I think I think I would rather you know give Dugger a shot. Hopefully, Dunn can get right, and I'd like to see Dunn and see what he's got. But I don't think you want to you know just call up a guy that, that's not really. It's getting rocked by the Indianapolis
1: Indians. Is Duggar, I mean, is he a, a farm guy? Do we get him in a trade? Where do he come from? The, uh, I he know he did him recently. Tampa.
3: But... He, he was on Tampa's roster this year, so there's got to be something there. Right? We'd hope. So, yeah, the Reds got him on waivers, He, uh, but he has also been DFA'd like twice by the Reds <laughs> Not clean. Yeah. I mean, you
1: see those those opponents pitchers, and they're like, "All right, maybe we'll get a couple of hits here and there, other than Burns." But
3: yeah, I mean, at least you're gonna miss uh, Scherzer and uh,
2: yeah, DeGrom, and Degrom. So. I mean,
1: you know, the, because the long- that would that would be another fast game. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't
3: put the DeGrom on uh, next Wednesday night or, you know, you'll be starting without me. and We'll get the kid.
1: Yeah, we're everything. trying to see what Bar- Barrero has. Quit throwing these damn Cy Youngs at us. <laughs> Can you please?
3: Kyle Kyle Farmer just sitting there taking tonight off going.
1: <laughs> How like, about we need to get Barrero in the lineup. Who, who who wants a rest day? Farmer's like, I got it.
2: <laughs> How about the fact that John Sadak basically gets a three-day weekend because of the off day and the televised games?
3: Good for John. I mean, you know, he's earned it the last like several broadcasters that we've had, like, you know, did like a hundred games a year and John just out there every single night. So, uh, but Hey, back-to-back lefties, uh, to start the series in Milwaukee. So, you know, that, that's I think a good opportunity for Barrero getting a shot at two lefties and, uh, Hey, the reds, they're a much better team against lefties. Uh, what a, what a 12, what a 12 month turnaround. I mean, that, that, Feel significantly better about the Reds against lefties. So,
2: I almost wondered if Major League Baseball was going to ask the Reds to push Hunter start back to have him on the Field of Dreams game. I, like, I almost wonder if they almost would have stepped in and been like, no, nah, no, let's get him ready for that game. So that way he'd be on national TV. I think it's
3: cool that a national audience, get to see Nick Ladolo, though. Oh, I
2: did too, for sure.
3: There's, I'm sure he has a lot less, you know, name recognition nationally. So, um, hey, that's a game that I, the Dolo against the Cubs. I mean, that's, a, that's a, a lineup that he could carve up and, you know, kind of give himself one of those really, you know, big performances on national TV that that's, you know, it's probably going to be the, the sad as it is probably still going to be like the top, top, uh, sports center highlight of the night, you know, it to be the yeah. first
2: block. So, you know, that's kind of cool. Hopefully he can have a big start. Yeah. Cause no one's going to be like, look what Matthew Stafford did at training camp today with this throw and sports center highlights. So, Uh, You hope not. Don't you ever put that past sports center? That's a good point. I I think
3: they had a whole day on Saturday of training camps, like for 10 hours or something.
2: That sounds miserable. I understand people love football, but the last thing I care about is like throws they're making in shorts. No comment. Yeah. All right. So as we said, like uh, a couple weeks ago when Nick put this up, August, uh, the Reds have a total of, like, eight home games the whole month. Uh, so the Field of Dreams game, the Reds are technically the home team, but still it's, you know, neutral site. Then they come back for the Cubs on Saturday and Sunday. Friday off day, good for the boys. They earned it. And then uh, our old friend Nick Castellanos will be in town for the Philly series in a couple weeks uh, for the Reds go to f- do their Pennsylvania Euro road trip. Uh, man, that Nationals team, that's going to look a little bit different when we go fun there series Tim, you <laughs> one of those
1: Pittsburgh games. I know you are
2: not there.
3: You're missing out. It's a beautiful stadium.
2: It can be as beautiful as it wants. It's still in Pittsburgh. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. So fun August coming up some pretty winnable games, even with the trades. So yeah. Um, I'm really excited that Luis Castillo made his first start today in the cool Mariners uniforms. This like navy blue ones with the green lettering. Those are my favorite. That was the Griffey jersey has as a kid. So uh, it Federal looked pretty Reds good.
1: Had a great day today.
2: They did, didn't they? Winker Castillo homered. Suarez too. homered.
1: Drury homered. Yeah. Castellanos homered.
2: Yeah. It was like his first one of what, 30 games?
1: Mm. Carlos was having a good day. I mean, yeah. shit.
2: Should we reach out our old friend Ryan for that Philly series? Should we see if he wants to come hang out? Well, that
1: would be a bad call. Only if he brings a smoke machine. <laughs> that's got to be back.
2: Yeah, that's got to be back. Well, you know, before we get out of here, we did want to touch on, obviously, uh, the baseball world. Uh, I got the news yesterday of Vince Scully's passing. And, you know, to me, this was kind of the voice of baseball. I mean, it was, it was at least majority of my life um obviously you know everyone's got amazing Vince Scully stories that's been in the game uh talking about stuff but like for me my first Vince Scully memories were actually uh the old MLB video games MLB 99 he was the play-by-play guy in the game and so like I you know as a kid I just watched the Reds and I saw Griffey highlights so I didn't see like Dodger games as much or national TV games because the Reds weren't on TV national TV at the time a whole lot so um but Vin was always one of those things when like you'd be watching MLB Network and the Dodgers would come on, and they would come on like in the middle, of, like the inning or like an bat and he's by himself just telling this amazing story about you know like Kirk Gibson and the '86 Dodgers and stuff like that, and you're like hooked on every single word he's saying just because he was an amazing storyteller. So this is definitely a bummer. Um, you know, obviously an unbelievable career. I mean, followed the Dodgers from Brooklyn to Los Angeles. And made a hell of a name for himself throughout the baseball world. So I know this is one that kind of stings for uh, us diehard baseball fans today.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, d- it definitely stings. Um, he was the voice for for us, probably for our dads, and even beyond that. I mean, this that, that was a tough one last night. I mean, you just listen to his voice, and it's just like you get lost in it. It's, yeah, you do. It's amazing. Like he's, they're going to teach how to be, you know, a broadcaster announcer based off of, off of his film, off of his broadcast. They're going to be like, you know, call the shot, give it a long pause. Let the, let the fans have their moment, play that. Then you come in and you say something here and like, don't make it about yourself. Cause he never did that. Like, you know, as Reds fans, we know that there's been radio broadcasts that make everything about themselves. Vin, he's never even once been thought about to do that. Like, everybody loves Vin Scully. Everybody loved him. It sucks. I mean, you know, Nick sent that one out with, you know, the game at Joey, you know, homered in, and I think there was another highlight in there, but it's still like I, I save that to my phone because I'm going to listen to that often. You know, it's who knows when we'll ever get something like that again. Very, very special. Rest in peace, Vin.
3: Yeah, he's just just the best. You know, I remember when I got MLB TV for the first time, I just I would fall asleep to Dodgers games. I did not care about the Dodgers, but he was just just so good. And then, you know, every time the Reds play, I would watch the Dodgers broadcast. And the one nice thing about you know, living outside of Cincinnati, you have that option. And it, I watched the Reds every single night and he would tell stories about players that I've never heard. Like it, it was insane how much research and how prepared he was even at his age um, that, that he could relay these stories that, that, that diehard baseball fans had never heard. And so, yeah, just the absolute best. And, you know, a lot of times when when someone passes, you know, people I can go a little overboard. Not with Vin Scully. I mean, the outpouring that you saw today was um, was absolutely 100% needed. And, uh, yeah, just the absolute best. So, rest in peace, Vin.
2: I think my all-time favorite as far as, like, Reds-Dodgers-Vin Scully moment. Um, I don't necessarily remember the exact game. But you know how, like, his delivery was never just, like, super high or super low. He just kind of talked like we're talking now. And I remember there were, like, Frazier was batting. Todd Frazier was batting. He's like, all right. He's like, you know, it's a 2-1 pitch, and that's a ball. You know, 3-1 pitch. There's a strike. He's like, and here comes the sixth pitch of the up-bat, and down goes Frazier. And just nonchalantly, just like that, like, recreates the boxing moment, but just in Vince Scully style. And I was like, excellent. Just perfect. Yeah. Well... I think with that being said, I don't know. Are people sick of us this week? We had like three really long shows, so six and eight days, baby. Yeah, we did a lot this this past few days, so it was fun. It, it was, was a lot good. of fun. It was exciting trade trade deadline. Yeah, thanks for everyone for hanging out with us uh, through these six and eight days. Like this was awesome. Uh, we really enjoyed this. I know, you know. Obviously, it's a crazy trade deadline season, but we're definitely grateful you all hung out with us. Uh, thanks to Jules for coming on and hanging out with us today thanks for Clay for being available as much as possible over the last week uh, thanks for the hat Clay yeah I have mine too I was going to wear it I'm glad I didn't that would have looked goofy um, but yeah as always thanks to Sydney she's here each and every week we're definitely grateful be sure to as always go to bed online use that promo code belief 50 get that 50% welcome bonus um, and thank you all for tuning in and we will see you next week